The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast on this Wednesday edition. And we're glad to have you with us as we look into the Word of God. If you want to follow along in the Scriptures, we're going to be in Psalm 103 here in just a moment. I would like to invite you tonight to our midweek service. We have an adult Bible study that takes place in the auditorium. It starts at 7 o'clock and is very casual, different. It's set up as a discussional setting. So if you have questions or input, that's definitely encouraged in those settings. So we invite you to join us there. Teenagers will start in the gym. Kids start down in the children's wing. And so plenty available for every part of the family. There's a nursery available tonight as well. So we invite you to come as a whole family. Stick around. There's something for everybody and a great time to take just about an hour out of your night to worship the Lord and to be encouraged in time together. So we invite you tonight. For some reason, you're not able to make it here on property. We'll be live streaming the adult Bible study at seven o'clock. Psalm chapter 103 in your Bibles, we're going to look at what I consider one of the more encouraging aspects of Scripture. When I say encouraging, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, and I made a mention yesterday that we we have depending on how we view sin we'll view this if we have a very aloof view of sin sometimes we get the idea that god's already dealt with sin and therefore sin is never a problem for me sin doesn't cause me any grief we know that to be very untrue but if we've grown up in this idea we can easily if we're not careful get this idea ah, it's just sin no big deal and even and we've said we don't we should not live under the guilt of sin we should not live under the bondage of sin but I think we should live with the reality of sin, its damage, of sin, of how much God hates it. I mean, God hated it enough to place his only son on the cross to deal with it. But we look at it, though, and what I, when I say the encouraging side, because some people do get overwhelmed when they think about the battle that they fight with certain aspects of sin. So before we jump into the verses here, I want to give you a couple of thoughts in, in intro here. The Bible tells us in 1 John 1, 9, a verse we go to a lot, you know, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the word confess simply means agree with God. If we agree with God and ask for forgiveness, he will always give it. He promises to give it. And people have said, well, he already forgave us on the cross. Yes, he forgave us for, the, uh, for sin in general and for the punishment of sin, the, the de- death and hell has been dealt with. But 1 John 1, 9 deals with our personal relationship with Jesus. If we have sin in our life we're not dealing with, and then we, we halter that personal relationship. That's what 1 John 1, 9 deals with. It's not getting saved again. It's just getting right with God. But verse 8 says that he that say he has no sin deceives himself, and the truth is not in him. So the passage is talking about sin in general. And verse 8 gives the idea that if we think somehow that we are free from sin or free from its problems or whatever, we are wrong. Yes, God dealt with it on the cross, but we still struggle every day. Paul, the Apostle Paul said, the things that I should do, those things I don't. Things that I should not do, those are the things that I do. So we understand that we still battle with it today. But if we're not careful, we can get overwhelmed with that idea of sin. That I, and it's not necessarily, you know, yeah, our personal bondage, the guilt, things of that nature. But then we come back and say, how does God deal with it? A lot of times, if we ever get a chance to talk to unsaved people, one of the greatest battles that brings people to coming to Jesus for salvation says that I'm such a bad person and we don't fully understand God's view of sin. We can be the same way in our Christian life. If we get the idea that my journey with Jesus and my, my God's acceptance of me 
is based upon how good I am, well, then obviously if I'm not having a good day, then I'm going to be afraid that God's view of me changes to being bad. So let's get an idea of how God looks at our sin. Now, please understand he's referencing here those that fear him. You know, the, this is not just to everybody. What we're going to look at is not a random comment to the earth. Uh, in the Old Testament, it would have been those who follow him, fear him, Jews, or those converted to it. In the New Testament, it's those who have placed their trust in him, those of us who have called upon Jesus and made him our Lord and Savior, not just been to church or not just been baptized, but have made a point where we've repented of our sin and called upon Jesus for salvation. We call them Christians born again, whatever term you want to use, but we understand that Jesus is the source of it. So let's go down. He says in verse 8, The Lord is merciful and gracious. Slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dwelt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward us, toward, excuse me, toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like, a, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. So let's just look at these couple. He talks about the heart of God in the first couple of verses, where he says in verse 8, The Lord is merciful, plenteous, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He says in verse 9, He will not always chide, neither will always keep his anger forever. Please understand that this, this passage, sometimes I've heard people say this or preach this, that, uh, that God doesn't even care at all about our sin, no big deal, you know, and, and they kind of get the wrong view of God. So sometimes people's view of God is an angry God, is always waiting for us to do something wrong to strike us down, and that's, that's not biblical at all. But the opposite view is not biblical either, where God is just some, some, some ghost or teddy bear in the sky, and he doesn't really care what we do, and he doesn't care if we do right or wrong, and it is whatever, you know, and if our good outweighs are bad, or if we're good enough, and God would never let anybody go to hell anyway. These are, not, these are not accurate comments at all about God as well. So he says the Lord is merciful, but he's slow to anger. He doesn't say that he does not have anger. He doesn't say that he doesn't struggle with sin or doesn't want us to do right or doesn't deal with the things that we do. He does, but he's slow to it. He's not quick to act to these things, but he's full of mercy. He desires us to see mercy. He goes, I will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. Yet one, you know, he's not always going to be dealing with that and dwelling that way. Verse 10, he hath not dwelt or dealt with us after our sin, reward us according to our iniquities. So that means, first of all, we see there are sins. We see the heart of God and we see the truth on our side. He's not always dealt with us after our sin. He's not always responded the way he could based upon our actions. So he sees our sin. He sees our actions. He could act a certain way. And the Bible says he doesn't always do that. He's not always looking to find us wrong so that he can respond to it. It doesn't do that. So when he looks down, he could. When we do wrong, he could respond. Now, please understand that there's parts in Scripture. We talked about this Sunday morning. He says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. In Hebrews, he says, um, he, that he, he chastens him he loves, he chastens. So the truth is that if I am in a direction that's going to bring me pain, if I'm going in a direction of sin that's going to hurt me, going to hurt my family, going to hurt others, not to mention the testimony of Christ, then at some point God will do something and use circumstances to get my attention, to keep me from going down a path that's only going to bring me and others more pain. So he's going to use chastisement because I'm part of his family, and any good father would do that. So he does do that, but he, he says, and he's not, the key is, 
That's someone heading a very specific direction. Those of us you know, who are going the right way and yet still stumble. This is what he's referencing here. He's not going to quickly respond to it. I love what he says in verse 11 and 12. Verse 11, For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. For those of us that fear him, that love him, that follow him, that desire to do right, in this situation, we're not perfect by any stretch of imagination, but we're striving to do good. We're not just ignoring God and going our own way. As far as the high, I mean, think about how high heaven is above earth. We don't even know where it's at. We can't even see it in all of the technology we have today. That's how great his mercy is to us. But verse 12 probably verse I go to so often, one of my favorites. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. I want you to consider this. You know, this is a very simple principle. If we were to just travel north far enough, at some point you hit the North Pole, and if you keep going, you're going to travel south. It's, it's fact. But if you travel east, and if I go east here, and east in our situation would be actually backwards or straight ahead of me. But if I keep going east and I keep going east far enough, I'm going to circle the earth and I'm going to end up back in the same place. There's never a point where if I keep going east, I will hit west. I have to turn around and go the opposite direction. There's never a point like the North Pole and South Pole hit at a certain point. There's never a point where east and west hit. They're as far away as they can be. What he's saying is these are two locations in the earth that will never meet. There's far away as you can possibly be. As far as east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions. Here's, here's the thing. It's not like he's okay with it and he might bring it up tomorrow or he dealt with it and now a year from now, you remember a year ago, he's not going to do that. He's never going to be that kind. He says, I've dealt with it. I've forgiven it. I've set it aside. You're, you're going to remember it and probably battle it with some, but I'm not going to because I've removed that. I've removed that. I'm not going to remember it. I removed it. I've set it aside and I want you to move with beyond it. He has removed our transgressions from us. He's not going to think on it. He doesn't look down and say, you know, last time I'm a little nervous about that. He's removed it from us. Verse 13, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. He knows our frame, remembereth that we are dust. He, he looks down on us like a father does. And a father will look on his son or his daughter and will look down and say, you know, I know they've done wrong, but there's part of them that just hurts for maybe they understand why or maybe they say the frustration i just really i want to show so much grace and that's what we strive to do it's the natural part of us is to want to show that he says he looks down here's what it is a father recognizes the weakness of his children and sometimes the reason for whatever decision they found themselves in god understands that he created us and he understands our sinful frail uh, human nature and he knows that so he looks down and he just he desires to just show love and mercy this idea that well I've got to be so perfect to come to God can I encourage you come to God as you are let him deal with these things let him remove these battles from us and give us that victory don't live under the guilt of sin don't live under the bondage of sin don't live in a situation to where you feel like well I have to be so good and I have to be so much to be able to be accepted by God he loves you as you are no matter what it's his sanctification process that grows us, whatever you're battling with. Now, please understand, he says in Romans 14, use not liberty and occasion for the flesh. This knowledge does not mean, well, I can go live any way I want to. No, 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 no. That, that's, that's regarding iniquity in my heart. That's, that's the exact opposite of this. For those of us who love God and want to go the right direction, there is a peace and always a forgiveness and a complete reconciliation and a complete removal of what we've done that will never be brought back before. We will not stand before God one day and he gives a list of our sins. He's already dealt with those. We've been given that promise. We can live in that victory. 
We can live in that freedom, and I hope you do today. I hope you live in that freedom and allow God to continue to continue to grow you in grace and not allow mistakes in the past to hold you back from the freedom of the future. Thanks again for joining us on this Wednesday morning. Again, we invite you tonight. See you on person at 7 o'clock. Uh, if you're unable to make it, we'll see you online at 7 for the adult Bible study. Again, we thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time.